Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Welcome to the next issue of Comic Book Tales. Today we're going to talk about the first family of Marvel, and that would be the Fantastic Four. Uh, prior to this, Marvel had other comics, but in the superhero genre, this is the launching point for Marvel comics as we know them today. So, technically, without the Fantastic Four, there might not have been a Marvel comics to even discuss. Uh, it was listed at one time as the world's finest comic book magazine or comic magazine, and that's probably true because this is the the penultimate start of the Marvel universe. Um, and I think it's really important that we discuss how they came about. So the Fantastic Four began in Fantastic Four number one in November of 1961, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And the notes are, or the link to the notes is in there. Uh, so it, it does predate everything else, as I said, that uh, with the exception of Captain America and the Invaders f- from the 1940s, which were part of Timely Comics, but had been lost uh, to history at this point. So there really was no Captain America at this point to speak of. Uh, who has been a member? And there's been a rotating list, and I've put them in the show notes. I'm not going to read over all of them. But the founding members that we think of as the Fantastic Four uh, were Reed Richards as Mr. Fantastic, Sue Storm Richards as Invisible Girl or Invisible Woman, Johnny Storm as the Human Torch, and Ben Grimm as the Thing. So these four make up the Fantastic Four, and they've all come and gone at different times and been in other places, uh, but really, this, these are the people who you think of when you think of the Fantastic Four. And if you've seen the movies, those are the characters you know. Uh, and there's been a, a parade of other people who have come in and filled in at different times, and you can read those in the show notes if you like. Uh, where's the best place to jump off? They don't have one particular adventure which says, you must start here, but I think the Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume 1 is a good place to get a, a good overview of all of the the history of this group now are the movies i'm going to skip ahead and come back to top villain are the movies like the comics no not even remotely uh the names of the characters are the same the powers are the same for the fantastic four but that's pretty much it the story that you saw in the the two movies the rise of silver surfer and the original fantastic four not even close to how they got their powers exactly they stole a ship spaceship. They wanted to beat the Russians in the space. This is 1961. They wanted to beat the Russians in the space. Reed created the ship. Ben was the pilot. And they got there and they were hit by uh, cosmic rays and changed. So that was part of the movie. But there was no space station. Dr. Doom wasn't involved in this at all. Uh, they came back to Earth and they cha- they crashed and landed and they were changed when they got back. Um, there was The thing was originally a rocky lumpy type of thing and eventually became the hard out exterior that you see in later comics he's constantly evolving so he his appearance has changed over the years and he's the only one really that has changed dramatically uh reed was trying to fix him and cure him and at different times he kind of has but uh he always reverts back or chooses to go back to being the thing um so it's it's a if you really think about it, he's got the hardest life. But we'll get into that and why I like them. Uh, top villain as we step back. Doctor Doom, 
He was in the Fantastic Four number five in July of 1962, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, and the link is in there as well. Uh, Doctor Doom is the penultimate villain for the Fantastic Four. If you notice the theme throughout the Marvel comics, each individual or team has a overarching villain. That doesn't mean they don't have other villains. Uh, I could say Annihilus, um, you know, the the Mole Man. There's different things, but. Doctor Doom is is the guy. When you think of Fantastic Four, you can't say them without Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom's history is is varied. He studied um, sorcery. He's a scientific genius. His face was scarred because of his hubris, and he put on a mask, and it was basically burned his face. So you never really see his face, but there's hints of of uh, scarring underneath. When you look at the eyes, you can see that he's a despot. He's uh, power hungry. Uh, just lots of things that he he comes into conflict with the Fantastic Four uh, repeatedly throughout their history. Um, really against Reed. He's really Reed's nemesis, and the other three are just along for the ride uh, in most cases. So he's the penultimate guy that they think of, and, and he's an overarching villain in the Marvel Universe. He doesn't show up in the movies because of licensing rights, but he is really the guy that, um, you know... We think of his complete evil with the knowledge of what he's doing. He's super smart, but he's also evil. Um, So are the movies like that? No, we said that already. Why do I like them? And this is a hard one because they're not your typical superheroes. They don't don't necessarily get into the gig because they wanted to. Uh, They were changed accidentally. They, They became what they are through sheer accident as adventurers. And I think that's the first thing you need to think about these these four individuals. They're adventurers first. They do superheroic acts. They do save people. They do, they're involved in all the major Marvel uh, events. But they're adventurers first and foremost. They're off-world a lot or different universes quite a bit. Not, a, not everything they do takes place in... Um, Earth 616, and we can talk about later what that actually means, but our Earth, they don't really necessarily take place here. They're everywhere. So uh, I think it's important to to recognize that they're everywhere and every when and and everything in between. So they're they're adventurers first, more kind of like an Indiana Jones type of adventurer for knowledge and for artifacts and, and things like that. Reed is really the guy who, he creates the strangest Get tech, tech and gizmos that nobody else on the team really understands, but he know he knows he's not really emotionally available, um, even to Sue, his wife, his originally his girlfriend and his wife. Uh, Johnny and and uh, Ben are like brothers who are sibling rivalries, trying to constantly cause attention. And and Johnny's the little scamp, you know, younger brother who who's always trying to pick on the older brother. And and Ben. Ben has um, he doesn't take needling very well. He's very sensitive to his appearance uh, because he was the jock. He was the guy. He was the man that everybody looked up to when he was younger, and and now he looks like a monster. And I think he he definitely takes it to heart, and it's really really hard for him most of the time. Uh, he acts like publicly he acts like he, everything's good, but privately he he's very insecure uh, in his appearance. Uh, he's the bedrock of the team. He's the stalwart, physically strong. 
Um, but he knows that he he needs the rest of the team there. This is a family. When I say the first family of Marvel, this truly is a family. This is a group of people who got their powers together, have developed them together, have lived together. They're a family. I mean, Sue and Reed are, are married. Uh, Johnny is Sue's brother-in-law, or um, Reed's brother-in-law and Sue's brother, and Ben is their best friend. So they do everything together, and they're, they've got joint shared experiences. But even if they didn't, they're still family. And I think that's the key for this group. It's so much different than every other team, every other individual we talk about in the, in the Marvel Universe. That There is nobody else like this, so they are unique in that way. And I think that's what makes them um, very interesting. Now, some of their adventures are a little more scientific and a little more mundane, but it's the fact that they have the sibling rivalry. You know, it's one thing when you can say you can have a, a, a spat with your, your sibling, but don't let anybody else have that spat. Don't let anybody else say, Ben, you're ugly and you're a monster. Because Johnny will be the first to step up and, and defend him to anybody who tries to do that. And I think that's the cool part. We all want our family to defend us. We may not always get along with our family. We may not always even like our family. But we always want to defend our family and, and support them. And that's the, that's the thing that this group does. They are always family first, even if they don't realize they're family first because of who they are. And that's what's cool about them. This is what I think everybody really wants to take from this book. Um, it, it, it can be long, and uh, their adventures, like I said, can be somewhat mundane and scientific. It's more like going to the museum with your professor Sometimes on their adventures, there are things where they have to smash things or uh, it's clobbering time. That's the that's the phrase that Ben uses. Uh, but it's it's not always that they're, they they come together with their unique skill set. And, and Reed does a very good job of gelling what they can do and doesn't always explain why they need to do something. But the, the, the team has come to trust him that if he says do it, there's a reason. And it probably will work out for the best if we do this. So they do. And it typically works out. Uh, sometimes it's emotionally distant, as I said, for Sue. She's trying to corral the youngsters, Ben and Johnny, and trying to connect with Reed and trying to draw him away from his lab. He would spend his entire life in his lab and forget everything else around them if it wasn't for Sue. So, you know, if... You know, husbands out there, if you're listening, your wife needs you to spend some time with her once in a while. And wives, keep pushing because that's that's the whole thing. Kind of keep the kids happy, but also try to draw the man out and back into the real world once in a while. So it's it's really a microcosm of families. Uh, and I think this, when it was written in the '60s, this really was the distant father, the, the doting mother. And the the rowdy children who had to be corralled all the time. So it, it it reflects the time it was created, but it's it stood the test of time because we can all relate to that in in our own lives at this point in time. So that's the Fantastic Four, the first family of Marvel. And if you like Marvel, if you like the movies, you like the comic books, you have to thank Stanley and Jack Kirby for creating the Fantastic Four and some of the history of the Marvel universe would not be the same without them. So thank you, Jack. Thank you, Stan. Thank you for creating them. Uh, I don't again. I don't always recommend you read those things, the old stuff, but it is there. So if you've enjoyed this, please let me know. Uh, give us your comments, your thoughts. Uh, rate us on iTunes, and I'll talk to you next time. I'm Chad. Good night. <laughs>